Hello, I'm Josh Zyman from Doctor Who the Memory Cheats and Doctor Who the High Council. And welcome to Doctor Who's Line Is It Anyway, where everything's made up and neither script nor canon matters. <laughs> Hello lovely, lovely listeners and welcome back to Doctor Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes, it's us again, we're back, not very long after our last episode. What's going on? Semi-regular? Us? Crikey. Last year wasn't that great for us, we had a few problems, but hopefully we're back with something more akin to a regular schedule this, this year. So... This time, we're going to be talking about, we're talking, yes, we're going to be talking about Doctor Who spin-offs. This is going to be split into two parts, and the first part will cover Canine and Company and Torchwood. A lot to talk about there. So, without any further ado, let's get straight on with it, eh? So, hello listeners, welcome back to Doctor Who's Line, is it? Anyway... And uh, we're going to have a little chat today, and I don't know what prompted this, to be honest with you. I was just thinking about this the other day and thought, spin-offs, Doctor Who spin-offs. We've never really talked about them, so that's what we're going to do today. Mm. We're going to talk about Doctor Who spin-offs. So, there are obviously, there are several. You've got Canine and Company, which is the first one. Oh, and we've yeah. got... Yeah. <laughs> we've got uh, Torchwood, we've got Sarah Jane Adventures, we've got K9, the Australian series, we've got Class. Yeah. Um, chance. That comes to time and Minister of Chance. Yeah, they're not really Doctor Who spin-offs, they're Doctor Who related things mm-hmm. that are completely separate. Okay. Yeah, whereas everything else exists in the Doctor Who universe. Whereas you know, the Minister of Chance and everything like that was, was um, you could say, the Stranger series and um, uh, Probe and things like that were, well, were se- they were separate, se- separate things starring people who were in the show. No, no, no. The, the minister, the minister from Death Comes to Time, the minister is, is, is directly with Seven. So you have the minister is and, considered a Time Lord. And then the Minister of Chance is taking that exact same character that was played by Stephen Fry. No. It, it was sort of a spin-off via audio. Right? Yeah, via audio. Via audio. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, right, I, so. it, I, yeah. I, it's probably a little bit removed. We're talking about really about the TV. Tele- the the TV ones, stuff. okay. Yeah, otherwise, you know, where do you draw the line? Obviously, you've got Big Finish, you've got, you know, yeah. comics, books, and the various different audio spin-offs and video spin-offs that there have been BBV stuff and what have you. Mm. So and we don't, we don't have eight hours. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> oh, just watches though. Come on. You're not yeah. sleeping tonight, Miles. You're not sleeping. There we, go. we have a, a spin-off podcast to discuss the spin-offs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the obvious the obvious place to start is is where it all started, which which is of course K-9. actually you could you could you could 
class the Dalek movies in with that, but I think we'll, we'll oh, keep this yeah. as a separate entity because okay. they're not so much spin-offs as reimaginings of yes. existing stories. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but we'll 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 take those on a separate one, and we yeah. will start with the first bona fide spin-off that we had, which was K Nine and Company. Hey. So, Sue, I don't think you've seen this. Actually, I have. Oh, you have seen this one. I don't remember a thing. Okay, that's good. Not not many people do. So you're scoring this this nine and a half then. I think we I remember watching it. Was it it was 81, wasn't it? It was the uh, Christmas 81. It was Christmas 81. A week or so before Castavalba. They did. They did. On BBC we established. Was yeah, it BBC we two, two years in a row? We, yes, that's right. Yeah, I, I remember because it was. I mean, everyone was very excited because Peter Davison was about to appear a week or two later, and it had been it had been a long gap, hadn't it? Because back in the day, Doctor Who would finish February March of a year, and then the new series would start in September. But yeah, because yeah. But because Davison's first series was being moved to weekdays, they hung it over till the January, didn't they? So we had a longer wait. Yes, because effectively the season was half as long in transmission time because mm. it was shown twice as much during the week. Yes. So a 26-week season only lasted 13 weeks. Yes. So, yeah. um, so yes, that was, that was part of it, was to mm-hmm. sort of keep, keep the the finishing time similar mm. which obviously i suppose from a production standpoint gave them longer to work on season 19 yeah and i think possibly because of that that may have been why canine and company came about because it was it, it stopgap almost, almost it's well like, like you say i mean it was a week before season 19 started so yeah. but what it did do effectively was if you wanted your sort of Doctor Who fix, it gave you that extra week of it. Mm. So it, in the same way as we get the Christmas specials now, because the the seasons are shorter. Yeah, yeah. Although the episode length is twice as much as it was, so you yeah. could yeah. argue that when the series came back, we were still getting the equivalent of twenty six episodes. Oh we're yeah, getting, yeah. We're, we're getting were. thirteen yeah. episodes, and and we were getting a Christmas special. And the Christmas special, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So there was that, but whatever the uh, the reasons behind it we did end up with this quirky little little spin-off featuring two beloved companions sarah mm. jane smith obviously the probably the most beloved companion uh, up to that time and and you know potentially since to be honest and k9 who hadn't long departed mm. and had already been established that there were there were various different Models of canine, mm. and so yeah. this was the way of getting canine into into the series. Was that this was this was one of the other you know, versions of canine? So yeah. So what did we what did we think of canine and company? I loved it actually. I remember, but I was ten. I think I was ten when uh-huh. it was shown, <laughs> and it was um, even as a ten year old because you know I the last time I'd seen Sarah Jane, I was five, five or six. You know. Um, and suddenly there she was back, which is wonderful. Um, so even as a ten-year-old, it, it felt nostalgic and quite special. <laughs> you know, 
and it was yeah, it was rather lovely. It was rather nice. You know, right. crap crap story, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that was potentially the biggest problem with it because I think as a theory, as a, as a, as a spin-off idea, it could have worked very well and as we've seen subsequently, Liz Sladen was perfectly uh, capable of yeah. of heading uh, a series on series. her own. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, the I think the problem that the show had, or that the, the idea had, not even the idea, but the but this particular pilot for a potential series was that it it could have been almost any show, except mm. with a robot dog, because there was nothing fantastical really about it there were no aliens no um, you know mm. there was there was this hint of the supernatural but in the end there was nothing specifically you know concrete that there was anything supernatural going on had a mini metro mini metro that was pretty cool wasn't it it did have a mini metro yes <laughs> had a mini metro convertible as well yeah is, yeah <laughs> That's yeah. a bizarre thing. You really need to sort these hiccups out. Nick. I know. I know. They've just started. <laughs> I think drink I'm possessed. Up, I think I'm possessed. Down, that will do it. Or, or just or continue drinking and and until they they stop. I mean, my, my head's just... my head's spinning as well. Do I need to be worried? Um... <laughs> oh God, ectoplasm as well. Oh, I'm scared now. Uh oh. Wait a second. Did you get your jab first or second jab? <laughs> Why did you get jabbed with, jabbed with ectoplasm? <laughs> uh, so, so in in a, in a way, calling it K9 and Company was, a, was almost a bit of a misnomer because K9 wasn't really in it very much, and that was another potential issue. Having a show like this set on set on Earth, and obviously K9 was limited into exactly what he could do, just simply because of the the functionality of the of the prop. So really, it was more Sarah Jane Smith and Company rather than than K9 yeah. and Company. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think the that the plot was was gripping enough, and there wasn't anything to particularly grab the attention of the younger viewers uh, outside of it being K nine. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's possibly why it never went any further than that, which is a shame because it could have been very good. Yeah, and it was very entertaining, and it it's it's still it's still a, a great watch, and there was a great cast in it. But I don't think it was thought through enough as to exactly what they were going to do with it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the best launch vehicle for a potential series, I don't think so. And it wasn't. I mean, Doctor Who, uh, e- even when they've done black magic and sort of Satanism in the past, in the past, here I go again. So uh, <laughs> they they always they they always tie into some alien influence and this wasn't it was just just a group of villagers you know yeah. going back going back to pagan ways wasn't it really yeah you know, there's was, there was nothing if supernatural about it at if all, you're going really. to if you're going to equate it to to doctor who stories mm. you would you were i mean the demons is the one that obviously comes to mind first of all you've got yeah. image yeah. image of the fendal mm-hmm. which was quite similar you yeah. could 
you could stones of stones blood, of maybe blood. you could say yeah. stones of blood definitely yes you could possibly say pyramids of mars mm-hmm. you could possibly say planet of the spiders yeah you know stories that were that were there but in each of these cases there was some sort of alien influence mm-hmm. this as a story was almost more black orchid than it was mm-hmm. yeah the demons shall we say yeah. so yeah well, it's, it's Agatha Christie. It's Agatha Christie with a metal dog, isn't it? Really, it's, it, it's, it is. Yes, know. basically, mm. basically, and and uh, and, <laughs> and clearly, it was set up in, in the way to make um, to make uh, Juno look like she was going to be the uh, the villainess of the piece. Yeah, which because it was that was so obvious that that's what they were lining up that that was also so obvious that that wasn't, yeah. going, to be <laughs> wasn't going to be the case no no so yeah N- never trust the people who work at the post office that's the, the message isn't no it? exactly <laughs> exactly and yeah and and it had a proper scooby-doo ending as well didn't yeah. it with yeah. uh, whipping the whipping the yeah. hoods off <laughs> oh it's you two so yeah it was... I'd have got away with it if it wasn't for that pesky metal dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I mean it was you know, entertaining stuff and and perfectly all right as a one-off, but I, I just don't think it, it was it was thought through enough no. to be a successful launch for a for a series. I think if they'd had if they'd done something more like. You know, like the Stones of Blood or Image of the Fendal or one of these other these other stories. Yeah, so I think that would have been more gripping for the kids. Oh, well, yeah, saying that it it did get good viewing figures. I think it got good. I think it possibly even got better viewing figures the second time round. I think I, it did. I think it did. Yeah, darling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if if it was divorced from Doctor Who, if it wasn't supported Doctor Who canon in its own right, it's an entertaining fifty minutes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You know, but I suppose it it doesn't quite hit the. I suppose what what you expect of Doctor Who does it really? You know, it's not quite. It's 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 in the canon, but it's not quite good enough, in a mm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just if if it was part of a of a of a Doctor Who series, it would be one of those non-consequential stories if, if if you were going to equate it to the uh, to the modern series it would be an episode two it would yeah yeah <laughs> Where... and also i mean on a, on a very sort of like you know sort of a, a rubbishy level really i mean i think liz sladen's hair look she didn't look like sarah jane that was the other thing she looked a bit that was the, that was the thing that got me i thought well it's not sarah jane i remember because her hair was a bit 80s and um, and Brendan is bloody annoying as well. He's, <laughs> he's a twat. Brendan's a twat. And you know, I, I watched it. I, I got the um, was it the season season eighteen box set a year or so ago, and they they tagged it onto the end. And I watched it again. And I thought, no, he's still got no redeeming features. You know, he, he's um, how, how can he be related to her? Really, you know, he's he's obviously there. To appeal to the teenagers, which I think Adric was as well, but that's another story. He's a dick, isn't he? Really, you know. <laughs> well, he does. He does very much fall into the Adric Wesley Crusher. He does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for precisely the same reasons, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, and and possibly another reason why the show wasn't wasn't as successful as a as a pilot. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. yeah. 
there was yeah. a chance of but I'd give it a seven out of ten. I give it a yeah, seven. Yeah, uh, six, yeah. six and a half, seven. Six and I think half. As, yeah. a, as, a, yeah. as a, you know, it's perfectly entertaining and it's great to see Sarah again. Great to see K9 again. Bill Fraser's always, uh, always good value for money. Yeah, and what's you his know, name? As, as in Colin, as in as his Colin Jeevans. It was a dog. Colin it was G- a yes, exactly. Dog. It was a good dog. Was it was it Jesse was it Jesse Birdsell? Was it was it he was he in it? The guy who became big in spook uh, not spooks, um bugs later, didn't it? Was it Jesse what's his name? I never watched it, so I couldn't tell you. No, he, he became big star the nephew or or the son, whoever. Hold on, guys. They've caught you, they've got you. I was just gonna hope that it would just it's like the canine appreciation group. It's canine calling me yeah. and saying, Hey, we did not Oh dear! It was 1981. I forgive us. Are they trying Probably. to sell you something, Sue? Are they selling you life insurance? Or? Um. Are they trying to get Probably. Randy to work. <laughs> 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 Money. Anyway, that K9 was like, "I'll give it a 10. <laughs> 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 hey, hang on, hang on. So, so the Christmas New Year special. K9 is better than New Year special. Is that what you're trying oh, to tell us? Here? Well, mm-hmm. wait a second. No, I got to back down a little bit. Then I'm going to have to say K9 gets a nine because mm-hmm. the, the song, the song does everything for me. K9. Uh, that's all I can remember. I honestly can't remember anything except I think, I think I remember Liz re- receiving or um, receiving the, um, the box. I think uh, that's about yeah. the only part that I remember is yeah, her that, opening that, and going, that is hey, moving. Actually, I remember that was very moving, actually. Yeah, yeah. and I got real yes. touched by that. Yeah. That I remember, the, but I don't the, remember the, the rest of the shows. Oh, Doctor, you did yeah. remember, she says, doesn't yeah. she? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is really sweet. That's nice. Yeah. And that, that touched me. That was very sweet, and mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, um, you probably remember the uh, the opening titles as well with K nine on a wall for no particular reason. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Sarah, and, and and Sarah jogging very <laughs> lethargically. Yeah. yeah, very lethargic. In a way yeah. that clearly she wasn't jogging. She was. And then we get a glass of wine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, uh, wasn't K nine at the end when he goes K nine at the very yeah. end. He's yeah. like on a little mound of hill or something, and it's like, what the hell are you doing up there? <laughs> You're not going to be able to get off of it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's, this reminds me. I remember watching it at the time, and because I knew Peter Davison was about to start, in my tiny ten-year-old mind, I thought, did Tom Baker's doctor send a canine, or did Peter Davison's doctor mm. send a canine? And I, oh. I, just, I just remember thinking that, and I, you know, that it's never, it's never explained. But I just remember at the time thinking, which doctor sent her K nine? I think I think you know. simply because K nine had left at that point. Yes. I think if the doctor had had a K nine floating around, yeah, there he would he would probably have, have continued with it. So I think we can safely, realistically presume that it was it was the fourth doctor it's rather than the fifth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's sweeter if it's the fourth doctor because mm-hmm. if it's the fifth doctor, he's like, "Yeah, I don't want this old thing here. Get out. He got rid of Chameleon. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, it, it's oh, for the fifth doctor to say Chameleon and Company. Yeah. That's a no. spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! If it does six years later, oh, that'd be I fantastic. Know. 
comedian turns up in a box with Sarah Jane. That's a guaranteed winner, isn't it? (laughs) Well, to be fair, if there was if there was a box, it would probably have a shrunken master in it. Exactly. Oh, oh, god. Yeah, we need to copy. We need to copyright this. I don't (laughs) need to copyright this. I don't think this is going <laughs> so, so, so yeah, we had to we had to then wait a very long time for for the next proper spin-off series. Um, which indeed was Torchwood, yes, actually um designed as a full series. Torchwood aired in two thousand and six. Doctor Who had only been back for one year. Yeah. We had uh, we had season two come along where obviously uh, we had various hints and mentions dropped throughout the season and then Torchwood fully arrived then. Well, actually, to be fair, Torchwood fully arrived in um, Army of Ghosts Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was yeah. Uh, that was that was the uh, Canary Wharf mm. branch mm-hmm. of Torchwood mm. that got taken down by the uh, the Daleks and the Cybermen mm. and was obviously mentioned you know when Torchwood Torchwood proper started yeah and uh, and of course headed by Chris Chibnall as yes. lead writer yes so yeah. yeah so what did we think of Torchwood I really and it took me a while to get used to the fact that it, it was more adult I mm-hmm. I mean it, it was obviously flagged up as being more adult and pretty quickly into the series, mm-hmm. you realize, you know, language or whatever, you thought, oh, yeah, this is a bit wild, or doesn't it? But I, I think it was, well, I think once you get your head around that, I mean, I, I, I it's funny, isn't it? Because, I mean, a lot of people are still, you know, very critical of Torchwood. I, I think for two reasons. I think because it is a bit more adult. And I think also people, I think the Chris Chibnall bashing started with Torchwood as well, didn't it, really? There's a lot of people who are very negative towards the man. I, I enjoyed Torchwood. I thought it was, looking back now and, you know, again, in hindsight, you, you sort of think, actually, they, they were going out on a limb and trying something different. And, yes, it was more, well, it was, it's more it's more science fiction than canine. They, they tapped into the Doctor Who universe, but they also notched it up a level. And I think they did it pretty well, to be honest. You know, I, I, I think, and I, I like the characters. They had some great characters. Jack was obviously the the pivot because we'd met him in Doctor Who, you know. So we we had that through line, I suppose. But again, he he was a different Jack. He was a more adult Jack. He was allowed to flex his muscles a bit more, I guess. But I think mm-hmm. I think I think I think it hit the mark more often than it than it missed it. And I, I think it's one of those. I I mean, I for me, Children of Earth is a seminal piece of television. I think it, it peaked. You know, it suddenly, you know, from BBC Three here in the UK, it was a, a, a sort of like a little channel, and then it worked its way up to prime time TV by Children of Earth, which well, was I mean, this is it exactly. incredible. You know, yeah, it started. Mm-hmm. It started on BBC Three for season one. It moved to BBC Two for season two, and then it had uh, the third season, Children of Earth, prime time on BBC One. For five so, nights? Was it a five-nighter? Was it mm-hmm. five-nighter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One Shown after the over other. Five, over five yeah. nights. The whole series was done in a week. Yeah. Less than a week. Yeah, and, and very different. And Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Torchwood. I do like Torchwood. Um, like you say, I like the characters. I think that, that it suffered in the early stages in 
exactly the same way as the Virgin New Adventures suffered in the early in the mm. early stories from the fact that right we're going to make this a more adult version of Doctor Who so yeah. we need to cram in yeah. sex and violence and as much and, as we can sort of, yeah yeah so yeah. you know you had you had the second episode with the the sex gas <laughs> yes yes yeah, and, yeah 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 and then the third episode you had Cyber Woman yeah and it was like it was, it was it was like it was saying well, you know we need to be adults so therefore we need to do this and, and so yeah. they, they 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 opened the box and they were playing with the toys straight away before yeah. things actually then settled down and it became more a, a more a properly more adult series yes yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah it was forced it was and this, it was. this is the plot and some of the characterization, but the the bones were there, and mm. clearly once they'd got a bit of flesh on them, then it did become very good. And yeah. you know, like like any long running ensemble piece, it is that interaction of the characters and things mm. that makes it makes it watchable. Yeah. And yeah. the thing that Torchwood did that was quite different, really, from a lot of other shows, was that it wasn't afraid. To, to kill off its characters yeah. Yeah. on yeah, an alarmingly exactly. yeah. an yeah. alarm and it which it did right from the word go with Susan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, she was there in all the promo stuff. Yes. She was there in yeah. the opening titles. Yeah. I mean, she was there in the opening credits and gets killed off in the in the in the, the opening episode. Mm. Mm. Subsequently yeah. to return, obviously, briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was quite shocking in the fact that it they're was. introducing you to this to this team and it, it yeah. almost immediately they they, they kill off kill, yeah what yeah, effectively yeah. looks like it's going to be one of the lead characters yeah and that was that yeah. was very well done you know mm. a lot of the, some of the early stuff may not have quite hit the mark but that was that was clever yeah clever it writing, was clever, yeah. clever plotting and it? also i mean Su- susie Obviously, is a, is a bad one, we realise. But actually, all the char- all the characters are they've all got their faults. They're all yeah. flawed, aren't they? And you know, we yeah. we we. I found I remember finding myself going from loving all of them to hating them at different times, depending on how they were and how they reacted to each other. You know, I mean, none of them are angels, and I think a lot of Doctor Who characters are often presented. You know, with all the best one in the world, a lot of Doctor Who characters are quite two dimensional. Whereas the torture characters are a little bit more human because we see their human natures and we see their foibles and we see, you know, how they, you know, screw up a bit sometimes, you know. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, you think of, I mean, I mean, they present Owen as being a bit of a git. Actually, he's not. He's, he's I, I actually quite, I like Owen because he's, he's very, he's one of the most human of the lot of them, I think, actually. We see so much of Owen and certainly into season two, mm-hmm. you know, he, um, you know his storyline develops quite a bit, but no, they yeah. they you know the, I think as as characters they're they're very human characters. All of them. even Jack. I mean Jack, you know we see a lot more of Jack's emotions in Torchwood. He's not this superhero who you know was there in you know the first season of Doctor Who. He's um, we see his fears, we see his you know flaws as well. But a lot of it pivots on Gwen being this new person yes. coming into it. Uh, but again, she's um, you know, I mean, you know, ultimately she she cheats on her husband later on down the line, doesn't she? You know, so again, there's there's nobody perfect in Torchwood. 
you know. No, no. <laughs> I think there are there are varying degrees of imperfection. I think you know you have to look at, at Gwen as probably the the least flawed, if you like, of the characters. Probably followed by Tosh, mm. and then probably Yanto. And yeah. then it's a toss up between mm-hmm. <laughs> between <Yeah. laughs> between Jack and Owen as to uh, as to that. And of course, uh, we also get uh, for a while we get Martha Jones. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was uh, which was interesting, and which, yeah. which obviously then left the door open to think, well, you know, who else could potentially mm-hmm. down the line, as yeah. we you know, as we mentioned in our Revolution of the Daleks review, you know, we thought that. Um, you know the likes of of Yaz and mm. and Ryan and Graham. You know would actually fit in quite well with Torchwood. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. in a way. So yeah, the potential is is always there for Torchwood to to return at some point. Mm. Whether you would need any of the uh, the original cast in it is, I I don't think you would need them. I think it would probably no. be beneficial to have them, but you yeah. could mm-hmm. you could. The fact that we know that there are different torchwoods around the world, mm. you know, have been different torchwoods around mm-hmm. the world, certainly historically, that, um, that there's no reason really why you couldn't just, just set up another one or just just say, well, torchwood was dead and buried, but it has been resurrected. Somebody's come along and, they, you know, they've, they've yeah. know, got access to the funds mm-hmm. and they've managed to, you know, salvage some of the some of the tech and what have you and the files and and have set it back up again yeah so it, it could yeah. be done it could definitely be done i think yeah. you see i think that a golden opportunity torchwood was set up in the victorian time so do a victorian torchwood series and bring in the peyton oster gang as well mm-hmm. you know that, that'll be fantastic you know yeah if you're gonna if yeah mix it up a bit well um, there's certainly but, certainly the potential for for doing that yeah, I, I think if you're going to have the Paternoster Gang as part of part of that series, I mean, there's always been you know, a clamouring for for that to be a separate spin-off, and obviously Big Finish have fulfilled that in the same way as they did with Jago and Lightfoot. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've seen with um, with other with other shows, and I'm thinking specifically here with um, with Star Trek, mm. which having tried various different other things then decided to go back to a previous time before the original series yeah mm-hmm. um you know with with both enterprise and discovery has been, yeah. both predated the original the original series yeah so there there certainly would be nothing to to stop there being a victorian era set show and oh time's up yeah, <laughs> that's my, that my clock. <laughs> so, um, so yes, so you know, the, the, if should should Torchwood uh, return, and it's clearly it's not been consigned to the grave. It's just, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they've made they made the the four separate series, and mm-hmm. and it just hasn't been taken up from that but no. we know john barrowman would would come back at the drop of a hat and and i strongly suspect a couple of the others would as well and so it, it, it yeah it could it could carry on mm-hmm. it could carry on now we've we've yeah. mentioned children of earth i suppose we really ought to to mention miracle day mm-hmm. because that was again um a venture 
into the unknown, really, for yeah. the, this because this was a, a co-production with mm. stars in America. Yeah, was you know fifty percent set in America, fifty percent set in the UK, and was shown over ten episodes. Ten but, episodes, wasn't it? Yeah. Ten mm-hmm. episodes, but obviously all as one story. So there was mm. a, definitely an umbrella yeah. theme with all of that. Mm. Didn't go down as well, and, no. and I think. Yeah. Anything, anything would have struggled a little bit after Children of Earth because that was so well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was actually reluctant to watch it at first because I'd heard bad things about it. Yeah, but, uh, it was. It was actually. It wasn't. It, was actually it wasn't very really that good. bad. Yeah, a- actually, mean, it, was... it struck me as having a, some similarities in the horrific ideas, mm. similar to Children of Earth. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm, mm. Definitely the um yeah. the episode where they find the furnaces and they realize mm-hmm. that that what they're actually doing is, you know, is is burning burning bodies. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite harrowing. Yeah. Yeah, that um, that's one of the things I really liked about Torchwood all along is that it follows what I've heard some people express as the basic idea of all good science fiction. And that's taking everyday people and putting them in an unbelievable situation mm-hmm. and seeing how they react. And I think that describes a lot of Torchwood. Yeah. And I always thought it was very well done. I remember initially I was unsure about the underlying premise of Children of Earth. But even so, I recognized it as beautifully done if you do accept the underlying germ of the story. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the big issue, I, I did a big, massive rewatch of Doctor a couple of years ago. I, I watched everything from beginning to end over 18 months, and I incorporated Torture. So I watched all the Torture's back-to-back, basically. And my, I, I learned, I think Miracle Day is very good, but I... Uh, there's something about it that doesn't quite feel Torchwood to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's because we've lost so many of the original characters or whether it's because it's this American co-production, but it, it's Torchwood in name, but I don't feel as though it to- it's Torchwood in nature. Kind of. There's something yeah. missing for it, from it for me. Yeah. You know. I mean, the, one of the um, first things that they did in Miracle Day, obviously, was, was to destroy the hub. Yeah. So yeah. immediately it was... It wasn't centered. No, no. And the first couple of episodes, I mean, I, I, I like the first couple of episodes because Jack gets burnt, doesn't he? Oh, is that what I think of? It's, oh, no, hang on. Oh, I'm getting a Children of Earth now. Hang on. It's Children of Earth when he gets burnt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in Miracle Day, if you remember, Miracle Day itself happens and suddenly nobody can die. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay. Jack yeah. suddenly can because he, he can. He That's it. Yes. Burnt. That's so it, yeah. he, he definitely yeah. doesn't get he doesn't get burned. In no, 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 no. I'm thinking of the beach scene. Does he get? Do they chase him on the beach? Is that Miracle Day uh, when they're coming after them? Or... I believe yes, they get chased on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Um, Children of Earth is when Jack is chopped up into little pieces That's and it. all the That's pieces it. come yeah. back together. That's it. Yeah, which yeah. is a mm-hmm. you know phenomenal scene. Really, oh yeah. That whole yeah. Is, well, pr- prime time. T- they're saying that on prime time TV, really, aren't they? And that's you know that's incredible. You know, nine nine o'clock on BBC One. It's um, yeah. I mean, that was that was quite an event, really. 
but no, I just, I mean, I think Miracle Day, that, yeah, it's a very good story, but I don't necessarily know whether it's a, a good tortured story. I, I think I think yeah. the big problem that Miracle Day had was that there wasn't really any antagonist. No, as such. Mm-hmm. there were yeah. there were people who were out for their own ends. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you had um, you had Bill Pullman's character who mm-hmm. was definitely a wrong one, mm-hmm. but uh, he wasn't the one pulling the strings. No, no. there was no. You you, you you assumed with this that there was something going on and there was some sort of alien threat behind it and it turned out to be a natural phenomenon mm. and it just kind of fizzled. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, and that was obviously, that was a little bit disappointing at the end. Uh, I did feel that Children of Earth seemed to wrap up very quickly at mm-hmm. the end. It was, it was really going along for the first four episodes it was going extremely strongly and it did tail off a little bit to the end which kind of tarnished it a little bit for me but on the whole it, it was yeah that whole third season with, with obviously a starring role for Peter Capaldi mm-hmm. and also a, a role for Nick Briggs it's got to be said as well in there and I yeah and I and that was I think the highlight of of Torchwood there were mm-hmm. there were several episodes from the previous two seasons which stood out Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, go on, Sue. I I didn't watch much of Torchwood because I have to be kind of careful about flashing and stuff like that. So Randy has to watch it first. But Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was my absolute favorite. <laughs> that Torchwood. was very good. That was good. Absolute good. favorite Torchwood. Oh my God! Watching that over several times. Oh yes, it was wonderful. Oh uh, well, I have a I have a tale for of Kiss 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 Bang Bang. Oh really? Okay. I do. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was was being filmed at the same time as the X Factor auditions <laughs> were going on in Cardiff, and I was up for one of the X Factor auditions. Mm. Oh. oh wow! I'd got through the first stage. It was the whole you had to go to one of the hotels in Cardiff, and uh, you were taken into a room, and you you know you you. You performed in front of the uh, the producers, and uh, if you were successful, then you had to come back the next day for yet another audition. Wow. Um, so I was in a duo at the time, and we got through the first stage. We got through the second stage when we were brought back for the third stage. But on the, the first day, the the day when we got through, we'd, we'd parked up somewhere, and obviously you know, the hotel's in the, in the city centre, Mm-hmm. So parking is is um, quite expensive, or was quite expensive, and we didn't know how long it was going to be. So I, I thought, well, we'll park up a little bit out of the way, somewhere where you can just stick it on the road without any any issue, and we'll walk in. And so we walked through this uh, park, which was called Sophia Gardens, and we're walking through, and there were these all these sort of marquees and trailers and things there and uh well, this is all very strange I don't know what's what's going on here anyway, walking down this road and this Range Rover pulls up just in front of me uh the door opens and, and out gets Eve Miles hmm. and uh and and I went Eve what are you doing here and she went oh hello 
how are you? As if she'd known me for years. <laughs> it was quite bizarre. And I'd suddenly, it suddenly dawned on me that, that we'd, we'd ended up walking through Sophia Gardens where, where Torchwood had set up their outside broadcasting unit. Wow. So out of one of the other trailers comes Bern Gorman and out of another one comes Neil Komori. And so, you know, we speak to them and get some photos and what have you. And, and that's all great. And then they, they, they carry on and they do their thing. And uh, unfortunately, John Barrowman wasn't there and nor was James Masters because they mm -hmm. were at the time in a bar in Cardiff filming the scene where mm. they beat up and uh, there's the, big, the big fight scene mm -hmm. it goes on ah. um, and i was all, i always thought afterwards damn it <laughs> I, I could have if i'd been there slightly at a different time i could have ended up meeting meeting those two and james masters particularly because obviously the buffy connection mm. and the fact that he wasn't a uk resident so not somebody that you you get to you know you're going to get the opportunity to to meet in that kind of situation you know, under normal circumstances, mm -hmm. you can go to a comic con or a convention or something and potentially right. see people here, but you're never just going to bump into them in the street because they literally live the other side of the world. So, yeah, oh, wow. so that was that was kiss, kiss, bang, bang that was going on. Wow. So that was all, all oh, part of a, of, of a very, a very good, a very good day. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. Uh, congratulations on getting into the X or uh, the X Factor. That's excellent. I almost said X Files, but the X Factor. <laughs> yeah, well, it, we, we didn't get past the uh, the the next audition, so uh, never got to the TV stages. But um, yeah, went in for it several times and never never actually quite got far enough with it all. But yeah, tried it a few times. And Britain's Got Talent and The Voice back in the day. So. Oh wow. Did you I get think, anywhere on Britain? Did you get onto TV for Britain's Got Talent? Um, I didn't. If you, in the, uh, trying to think which year it would be, um, it would have been 2000 and 2009, 2009, 2010, 2009, I think. Uh, actually, no, Britain's Got Talent, sorry, probably 2010, I would say, probably for that. 2009, 2010, one of the two. I, I was in the background on some shots on um, on the main show, and I was a little bit more prominent, but not actually featured per se. In uh, Britain's Got More Talent, um, <laughs> there was there was a guy who did juggling, and he was doing his his thing to camera with Stephen Mulhern, and and I'm there in the background, wet, preparing for my audition. So, <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> So yeah, I was I was seen, but I wasn't I wasn't featured at all. Mm -hmm. The thing with lucky escape, Miles. I, I know I know that, that this is completely off of topic, but um, the thing with Britain's Got Talent that was different from the X Factor, because of the way the different acts operated. You know, if you had somebody who did a motorcycle stunt team, for example, they couldn't exactly go through various several auditions in front of producers doing that because it, obviously it required an awful lot of setting up certain things you couldn't actually just turn up and do you had to you had to film them and send them in as a result of which there was one audition and then if you were successful in that then you went to the main auditions which were then in the um, in the theater in front of all the judges whereas with the x factor 
you'd go for your first audition, which would be in a football stadium or something like that. And there were tiny little booths and you'd go in and you'd sing your first bit in front of a producer and they'd say yes or no. And if you were successful, you were brought back. And then you had a second audition in front of a different set of producers. And then if they were successful, you were brought back for a third one. And if you got through the third one, then you went to in front of the, the you know, the main panel, Simon and whoever mm-hmm. else at the time so because britain's got talent was only the one audition twice i got through that one audition and have therefore actually performed in front of simon cowell wow uh, wow yeah yeah the first time i did it i went in and i did wuthering heights by kate bush oh the idea being when i did it in front of the producers and the producers just going (laughs) (laughs) struggling to contain his laughter because it was completely unexpected my plan with that was to was to do do that and then get to the next round and then to do solo traves which is um all by myself the the il devo version (laughs) and to do that as 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 the serious performance um but unfortunately, it didn't work. They wouldn't let me change the song on the day. Mm. So um, so I then had to do that. And yeah, I, it, it didn't get through. Simon just said well, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. So so I didn't get through on that one. Um, and then in uh, the, the... What does he know? Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Simon, well. my friend. And then the um, and then the second time I went in for it with my duet partner, who was my ex, and turned up with Julie, who is now my wife and at the time was my partner. And, uh, and of course, the um, the production team got wind of this, and uh, so you're there with your current partner and your ex partner you're singing with your ex partner and you're with the current partner and your current partner sings <laughs> sings as well and oh hang on we've got a story here mm-hmm. um, and they obviously liked what we did so we we turned up and this was this was the millennium center uh, the millennium mm. uh, center in cardiff where they filmed bits of new earth and the girl who waited mm. was also filmed filmed there so various bits of that that uh, you know that, that they've shown i've i've been on and that uh, in those uh, those rooms and so we we hung around and we waited and we waited and we waited and i did a thing with stephen mulhern for for britain's got more talent that didn't actually end up getting shown but uh, had a whole interview piece with him and yes and we waited and we waited and and it's half past 11 at night and we're still waiting and it transpires and we became fairly obvious <laughs> as it was happening that uh, we are going to be the very, very last act. Oh. Uh, well, that's surely a good thing, isn't it? Because they've, they're going to want to go out on a high. So they've, they've saved us to last because this is, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> and we were doing, uh, we were doing the prayer. The mm-hmm. um, yeah. Celine Dion Josh Groban stroke Andrea Bocelli song and mm-hmm. uh, and it was one that we did at gigs we used to finish with it you know we knocked it out of the park every time the audience absolutely loved it so it's like Ooh, okay here we go they kept all the way through right up to the end kept saying about well doing as a trio um, um, what have you and we wouldn't play ball and I think 
they'd actually the producers themselves had actually decided that they didn't want to you know to do uh, to do things because we wouldn't oh. do what they wanted us to do so yeah. um so we got part way through it and it's a it's quite a long introduction and there's a there's a long bit up to when i start singing and i think we made a bad choice in the fact that i stood behind diane my my singing partner and started we started swaying a little bit and it all looked a bit cordy and we started getting buzzed before we even got into it properly just as we were getting to the, the bit when it would have got really impressive there, then we got buzzed out oh. um, which was uh, annoying and then i i turned into the person who i always I always berate when it happens on tv <laughs> in the fact that i just i just thought no you've taken my chance here and i stood there on the stage and i wouldn't move and i called amanda <laughs> Holton hormonal um, <laughs> what, what did you say I called Amanda Holden hormonal. She was she was oh! pregnant. She was pregnant at the time, and I said, I said she was hormonal. And in the end, Julie had to had to come on and drag drag me off the stage. And... <laughs> That's brilliant. And um, oh my gosh! And uh, yeah, so you know, backstage being quite distraught, and Anton Deck was sort of fawning all over. Are you all right? Are you all right? And they couldn't have been nicer. And because we were the last act, when we left, we found a lot of the, the audience were leaving as well. And obviously they realised, as, as, as when they saw us, because they'd just seen us on the stage, and they realised who we were. And several people turned around and said, I don't know why they buzzed you. I thought that, I thought oh. it was really good. So, yeah, we'd heard that they were all off to a party and what have you. So I think I think it was all various things. They wanted to go. The producers had said, oh, no, this is, you know, Whatever it is, just you no, was so. robbed. You was yeah. Robbed. You were robbed. We think we were. We think we were because we knew we we could do what we could do. You know, they may not have liked it. I don't know, but well, and the fact that they said it's going to be a trio. It's going to be a trio. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Just buzz them. Yeah. Well, this was. They wanted us to to change. They phoned me the night before and suggested that, and I said, well, no, we've had no time to prepare. We we can't. You know, this is this is a serious thing. We we can't just drop what we've what we've rehearsed and we've practiced and we know what we're doing to go in for something you know completely fresh that's that's not fair on us and you know julie struggles with nerves in that kind of situation that would have really succumbed to the pressure and i don't think she would have coped coped very well with it anyway whereas vocally she's you know absolutely superb the nerves may have may have affected that performance potentially so we never we never seriously considered doing doing that but they were trying all the way through the day to, to change our mind on that oh are you absolutely sure you're absolutely sure you don't want to do this you know because you can still you know we can find a piece of music for you when you do this and yeah so yeah so that that, you that. got you got you got messed you got yes yeah. yeah so kiss kiss bang bang then <laughs> <laughs> anyway back to kiss kiss bang bang oh my Okay, I'll just let you guys go with that. That's my favorite. I, um, and I, can't, I can't remember the title. Which was the, the 1950s airplane one where they come back in time? I love that one. Out of Time. Out, Out of Time. time. That's, a, that's a beautiful episode. Yes, that it one. is. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. And that, that for me hit it. I think that is perfect torture because it was so human. You, mm -hmm. you, saw, you just saw the humanity of all the characters in it, you know. And it was mm -hmm. just beautiful. And I thought that was for me the 
the moments when I thought, I understand this series because they they were doing something that you couldn't quite do in Doctor Who. You know, I, I think that's the thing with Torchwood. You, because it was more adult, and like you were saying, Miles, like, to begin with the adult, they they foisted the sex and gratuity on you. But to me, when Torchwood worked was when the more adult became more in-depth feelings. Mm-hmm. And not always good feelings. You know, there, there were some, you know, quite negative sad feelings but things you could you couldn't do in Doctor Who that you could do in Torchwood in terms of people's reactions to things and people's emotional reactions to things yeah yeah they could put they could push the envelope more yeah 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 I think I think my favorite episode it's a toss-up between this and the the whole of Children of Earth really I think Mm -hmm. but from the from the first two series I would I would plump for Countryside oh yeah (laughs) yeah which is you know it's a harrowing episode Mm. it's quite sort of slasher movie sort of style thing Mm -hmm. but it's just because of the the fact that all the way through you're thinking oh my god what kind of what kind of creature is here what kind of evil Mm -hmm. alien influence is here and it turns out it's just people who are bad that's that was the whole thing which Mm -hmm. ties into canine and company nothing supernatural but but this was a single episode within a series where it was all aliens and mm. supernatural and blah 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 right. mm-hmm. and this is this is the one that turned it on its head because you thought that's what it was going to be and it turned out that it wasn't it was the, what was the line at the end is you know why did you do all of this mm-hmm. it made me feel nice yeah because it made yeah. me happy yeah it made me happy yeah it made me happy yeah. And it's like, God, and that, that's <laughs> it's quite quite chilling. And you obviously you wouldn't have oh, yeah. seen in K Nine and Company, but um, and to be honest, that's that's even more frightening and chilling and horrifying mm. than Nalian coming down because Nalian coming mm-hmm. down that might be their nature, but this yeah. has you know I, I I'm I'm doing all this horrific stuff because it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. And, and here it's, it's the these same are ordinary races. people. Yeah, ordinary yeah. people. So this kind of thing, you know, could be going on somewhere. You could mm-hmm. have a community of it people is. who decide that they want to be cannibals and torturers and and what have you. And yeah, it is going so, on. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to say could be. It is going on when you start mm-hmm. to. I mean. Yeah, only in Wales, though. You know. Well, you guys, because <laughs> of of, I don't know if you hear a lot of our news over here, but there's a lot of really bad stuff like happening in yeah. close to us and well yeah are, i mean it's is. similar in a way to deliverance isn't it the burt reynolds film mm-hmm. deliverance yeah but, you know which yeah. is set in the deep south i believe and it's all about the the locals you know not not wanting you know to let these these tourists go and and pursuing them and what have you and mm-hmm. you know it's nothing supernatural about it but it's 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 frightening because it's it's what would you would take to be ordinary people so well you know yeah exactly and and we have a lot of that around here so it, mm-hmm. it, not not deliverance type of stuff but people turning up dead in, in the rivers mm-hmm. people that are angry at one person and so they burn them to death or they kill them and then throw them on a burn pile so you've um, got to stop this stop it no no just yeah. just don't go out don't go out you don't have to do uh, these 
Yeah. <laughs> and you really shouldn't be, but you really shouldn't be confessing to this on the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 not to me. I haven't. I, not me doing this by any means. But yeah, when you say I this mean, now, it's a bit. It's a bit. Like, <laughs> stop backpedaling now. No, no, in, it wasn't instead, me. I think I think I, we should we should I, ask Randy what his favorite episode is. We'll we'll draw a line. Over, <laughs> draw a curtain over the soup. You know, quit while you're ahead. <laughs> oh, you guys, you guys, you guys. Hmm. I, it's really hard to pick one favorite. The one that really uh, haunted me for a long time afterwards, I think it was titled Adrift, with Gwen becoming obsessed with following a missing persons case. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it yes. turns out to be far more horrifying than you imagine. Mm. And it's like the underlying the theme was like, to... sometimes you're better off not knowing. Yeah, is that the one where Jack was... Uh, she would. She had to follow Jack to try and find find somebody, and it was out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. With mm. it, this young man had been affected. Yes. By the the rift. And yes. It's Ruth Jones, wasn't it? Ruth Jones was in it, wasn't she? I think. The actress Ruth Jones from mm. Gavin and Stacey and uh... Stella. Hmm. Yes. Mm. I don't remember, but there's just some scenes in that that just, yeah. And that's the thing, you see, this is this was the kind of show that, that had that, that it had those mm-hmm. episodes which affected us and and, mm-hmm. and did that. And whilst, you know, I think some people would focus on the, you know, the very early episodes and say, well, well you know, this is, you know, it's like, like teenage attempts to be adult and what have you. It, I think the show definitely did find its feet and it, uh, it it did it did get stronger, and yeah. and it came up with some some very good ideas. It didn't always hit the mark. Um, there were you know there are notorious episodes that people think uh oh, yes you know like Cyberwoman and and Meat mm-hmm. is another one. Um, yeah. You know both of which I I thought were were quite good personally, mm-hmm. but you know the the general consensus is like oh, okay, so. You know, it was a, a little bit hit and miss at times, I think, but uh, definitely showed uh, showed signs of you know being able to yeah to uh, to be a very strong series, and it obviously yeah. it lasted for for four four seasons spread yeah. out over a period of time, mm-hmm. and the talk is still of it potentially you know returning mm-hmm. at some point. So yeah, well, and and the fact that you said that early miles was that they they opened the box and they pull pulled all the toys out with the first couple episodes and said, ooh, ooh, we're an adult now. Look, we could do this. We could do this. They got it out of their system and went, you know what? Nah, that didn't work that great. Let's try this. That didn't work that great. Let's do this. And then that's when they found their their footing. And that's that's okay. It's okay if you throw all the things out of the box and say, let's try this. It's a new series. And then mm. go, ooh, okay, that might not have been the right thing to do. Let's just try this. Mm. Especially if somebody's writing something new and saying, you know what, Dad? I'm gonna. I I can do better than that. Let's do better yeah. than that. Let's do better than I, this. I think Let's... it was just a case of of you know the fact that we knew that there were going to be at the time there were going to be the the two spin-off shows. There were going to be this one and and the Sarah Jane Adventures. Sarah Jane. One yeah. and one was going to be for the younger audience, and one was therefore going to be for the older audience. And Doctor Who was going to sit quite nicely in the middle, appealing to everybody. And so when Torchwood started. Obviously, it was a case of right. This is for adults, so we need to get in all the adult themes, 
Right. We need to have the sex Mm -hmm. and the violence and what have you. And so they just they just didn't they went about it clumsily. They 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 tried too hard. They tried to shoehorn it in when it, you know, it really wasn't necessary to go down that route to. It just made it look like they were going. Look at us, we're adult. Look, we're do- we're talking about mm-hmm. sex and all mm-hmm. of that. But then they then they stuff. pivoted. It was like, okay, we don't need this. You know, it's almost like let's get this out of our system to begin with. They got it out of their system, and then they moved into the more okay. This is what it yeah. needs to be. Whether that was whether that was planned or whether that was because obviously Learned. the whole the whole series had to have been plotted before it was filmed so they they mm-hmm. must have had that idea to do to start with but whether when it came to you know as the as the whole process was going along that they they realized that they needed to, to pull back on on the way that they'd started or whether that was an right. intentional thing i don't i don't know but either way it i think most people would look at the very early episodes and think yeah you just you're just trying a little bit too hard in a you know kind of like as i say a teenagery way look at me i'm being adult i can say the word bottom <laughs> yeah and i can and flash yeah. me willy at the camera and that that's being really adult you know and it's like well no it's not really is it let's be honest mm-hmm. so i think i missed something by not seeing these uh are, you know beginning episodes because the, i keep telling me. you you need to watch it who who flashes what <laughs> wait a minute i bet i know <laughs> you can probably guess who shows the most skin you come on can. i was just yeah. gonna say wait a minute i bet i know because <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> So, there you have it, listeners. That's what we thought of those two particular spin-offs. And in the next episode, we'll be talking about the Sarah Jane Adventures, Class, and the Australian canine animated... Not animated series. It should have been animated. Probably would have been better. It was really awful. Um, but let's let's wait to see what we all thought about it, because some of us might have liked it. <laughs> Spoiler, we didn't. Um, OK, so that's going to be in two or three weeks' time. We'll see you back for that. Bye-bye. From all of us here on BBC One, a very good night. Good night.